Hi, this is Megan McHugh, and this is the podcast of Triple R Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website. G'day, welcome aboard the Starship Zero G, science fiction, fantasy and historical radio for episode number 1442, entitled Gonzo Journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast title is Poto Vision. Nice, nice. I'm Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. So we are going to be looking at the new Disney Plus series, The Muppets Mayhem, and mm-hmm. also dropping by Eurovision just to cast an eye back on the most recent genre goodness or badness or whatever the hell. Oh, I've always got something kooky to deliver, so excited to hear about that one. Mm. All right, but first, we spent the whole episode last week having a yarn about the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie in context of its comic book characters. So anyway, Kingston Library's Jim Guy, the library information specialist there, contacted me about an upcoming genre-focused day at Cheltenham Library. So I thought, oh, that dovetails well from that. Uh, And that's on Saturday the 27th of May. And I thought I'd give it some zero-G oxygen today as a PSA. It's called King Con, and it runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it's a celebration of comics, games, and pop culture, and it's a free family event. So relevant guests will be there, including comic book artist Dean Rankin, author and illustrator of the Real Pigeons children's book series. There'll be members of the Star Wars costume group, the 501st Legion, uh, the nice. Exodus Battle live action role play, LARP, uh, will be there too, and the Southern Rogues Saber Corps. So they'd like to uh, reenactment sort of, I don't know, is this reenactment really, is it? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> lightsaber. It's all in the past for me. Lightsaber is so primitive. <laughs> and a local game business called Boss Board Games. So oh. crossing over a variety of uh, genre stuff there. Yeah. Activities will include story time, face painting, uh, Minecraft workshops, Mario Kart. Uh, board games, D&D games, uh, VR. No. Probably not Victorian Railways, but <laughs> Lego and more. And they're encouraging cosplay and having a parade and all. Of course, yeah. this all riffs off the library's collections of graphic novels and genre books and films and music and TV shows on physical media. So you can still go to libraries and borrow DVDs, which I think is kind of cool. In fact, over time, I've actually donated a lot of my um, uh, videotape collection to libraries and so on, and they they still had them for a while. I don't know how long, but, you know, you do what you can. (laughs) Yeah. There's limited parking on site, so you might want to beam in or materialise in your TARDIS or port in via Stargate or otherwise fly in with those Tolkien eagles, which would have been so handy to get to Mordor in the first place. It's at the Cheltenham Library 
at 12 to 18 Stanley Avenue, Cheltenham, and it's on Saturday the 27th of May from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. King Con. Now, you'll be able to find more details in Triple R's What's On Community Events Announcements at rrr.org.au. All right, so I wanted to play a track here left over from last week, and I didn't actually have a chance to listen much for it, for it but it's from a key sequence from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and it's another needle drop from their awesome mix, and it's by a hammock, and it's called uh, Koinu no Carnival, and it's actually kind of a mutated uh, minute waltz. And, you know, I can't remember exactly. It's either from a fight sequence or the spacewalk or something like that. But I thought it was brilliant at the time that they put this in there for Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Zero G, and I feel fine. Capsule is turning around. Oh, that view is tremendous. Yeah, we had Koinu no Carnival from Minute Waltz, and it's a hammock. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, awesome mix. I just kind of like that because it's got a very Muppety sort of sound to it, <laughs> which leads us to our next bit on Zero G today. Yes, so we checked out The Muppets Mayhem. And now this is a TV series that's currently on Disney+. Plus. It is an ABC Signature and Muppets Studio production. Muppets is just so fun to say. I'm, I just feel so pleased that The Muppets have been around for decades and they're still kicking um, stronger than ever. So this one's a comedy musical series featuring The Muppets, some Muppets that we would be familiar with. There is one season. It's all dropped now, and there are 10 episodes. This one was developed by Adam F. Goldberg, who's worked on a whole range of different comedy sitcoms, Jeff Yorks, who is a writing partner of his, and Bill Beretta, who is very familiar in Muppet circles. So he's a puppeteer, actor, producer, writer, director. Um, Beretta played Elmo's dad, and he did inherit the roles that Jim Henson played of Rolf the Dog, the Swedish Chef, Mana Mana, and Dr. Teeth after the death of Jim Henson. So he inherited those roles. So lots of respect for Beretta in the Muppet world. And basically they decided they wanted to do a series based around Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, uh, the long-touring, much-loved band, with the premise being that they're ready to record, well, they'll become ready to record their very first studio album. And we follow along as Nora, who's a music-loving music exec, uh, who's got a life, life is a little a shambles. She's just trying to keep her, her shit together. Uh, she's the one who has decided she's going to take it upon herself to guide them, the chaotic band, through this record-making process. And along the way, it fleshes out the backstories of some of these band members. So the band um, Electric Mayhem, as they're more sort of often known as, the nickname, uh, they – this idea sort of stemmed from the fact there were some really popular videos on the Muppets YouTube of the band, and they are generally lesser-known Muppets. Animal, of course, the drummer, is a very familiar Muppet figure, but the creators, Yorks, Goldberg, and Beretta, kind of had the idea that they were Muppets that you didn't really know a lot about, and those three, they all sort of separately, so Beretta separately started developing something um, centred around the band and at a similar time Goldberg, Goldberg and York started thinking, oh, we might want to do something with Electric Mayhem too and they ended up joining forces, combining ideas and then collaborating on this series, which I thought was actually really great that they felt passionate about a project like this and went, hey, we'll just 
do it together. I think it also helped Beretta was a known writer and Muppet performer and so could probably help get this project through. So basically this is a bit of a band biopic but with Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a it's a long tradition, isn't it, band biopics, mm. but also as television shows too, you know, like the Partridge Family or the Monkeys to go way back in time. That that kind of thing, they've they've really been, you know, and even down to individual singers. Uh, uh, that Millie Cyrus, the one that Millie Cyrus got her start in, where she, oh yeah, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, that's right. And uh, you know, Josie and the Pussycats and all that kind of thing. There's just so many. So of them. good. And there's a recent one too, Daisy Jones and the Six as well, which is pretty famously modelled on Fleetwood Mac, one of our great band band uh, stories. I thought what was pretty cool about this was the creators have talked a bit about how they really see they wanted to go into this with modest expectations, but at the same time they kind of were like, we want this to be our Iron Man. We have a vision of a whole Muppet verse, but we have to start somewhere. And this is they're trying to prove their, you know, pull up their socks and prove prove themselves with this one which I thought was kind of a cool idea that they've probably got in mind a bunch of different Muppet projects so I can give you a little bit of background on the Muppets beginnings and how we kind of got here just a bit of a rough rough rundown so obviously humble beginnings on Sesame Street uh, and the Muppets did go on after that sort of due to their popularity to appear in lots of different television in the 70s, most notably Saturday Night Live. And they did eventually get their own TV show, The Muppet Show, which was a sketch comedy show that was targeted more for adults. The first appearance of Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, the band, was in The Muppet Show Sex and Violence in 1975. That was when they first sort of appeared in the Muppet world which was sort of a very, again, adult-pitched show. They were designed, the Muppets were designed by Henson and his team. They pulled together the concept of the characters and members of the band. We'll talk a little bit more about those in a sec. Uh, and then in 1976, The Muppet Show was picked up by a network and conti to continue on in syndication, and that went on to feature Electric Mayhem as the house band in The Muppet Show. And The Muppet Show is also where characters like Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy were introduced and Gonzo. So they've sort of been around for quite a long time in the Muppet world but haven't really had anything as targeted on them and their story until now, which I think is where this idea has come from. Yeah. And, of course, uh, with a music, little music biopic or music TV series, you do also need someone to come in and write the music. And so for this show, The Muppets Mayhem, we have Linda Perry who was writing the music for the series and she's also the executive music producer. We know her from her role as the lead singer and songwriter from the band Four Non Blondes. And she's also written plenty of other hits for other pop artists like Beautiful for Christina Aguilera and Get the Party Started for Pink and things like that. And she's contributed to the works of Adele, Alicia Keys, Courtney Love, quite a lot of acts there. So she's really got chops in terms of her songwriting. And so she's come on to write some of the songs that would be featured in the TV series. And we also have Mick Giacchino, who wrote a score to accompany the TV series as well. And, of course, like all great musical series, we've got a, a healthy amount of covers featured as well in this one. Mm. In a way, because it, the story itself is about them owing a studio album to yeah. Since, yeah. since the 1970s. I <laughs> got this then massive sort of advance and they can't remember what they spent it on <laughs> because their heads are stuffed with foam, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> bless them. And they are very stuck in time in the 70s as well, and I think that energy is part of what really makes this fun. Should we listen to a little bit of music yeah. to set the tone for the series? Yeah, well, this is a funny bit. Um, I was thinking because they may actually do mention David Bowie at least once in the 10-episode mm. series, and I thought, have they ever covered any Bowie stuff? Thinking, you know, because Bowie has a connection with Jim Henson and the Creature Shop through the movie Labyrinth. And, of course, of course yep. you know, so it's similar sort of travelling along there. And I wondered if they, if the Electric Mayhem had actually done anything, a cover. And they did. Um, there was a live stage show in the Hollywood Bowl in 2017. They took that on the road, ironically, uh, to London the next year. But they did a cover of... This David Bowie song, now, because it was a live performance, there's not a whole lot of useful audio around. Mm -hmm. I managed to salvage some of this bit here. And, okay, it's very archival and and dodgy and wobbly, but, you know, this is their cover of a a David Bowie song. Sample of Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem doing Suffragette City when they took the Hollywood Bowl back in 2017. And they went to London with that too. So, you know, they were kind of channeling me. I mean, how can you do anything without channeling Bowie at some stage if you're a band that's obviously not exactly reinvented itself? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they just – they actually don't seem to have aged. Did you notice that? The puppets don't seem to be any older. Yeah, they're looking great for the the many decades. I I think they've had work done. (laughs) (laughs) A little extra stitch here or there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we, well, let's run through who some of the characters are in this. So as you might be familiar with different Muppet um, outings on TV and movies, they usually have the Muppet performers and then they'll also have some live action actors as well in the scenes. So as usual, this TV show consists of live action actors. We've got the Muppet performers and then a range of big name musical cameos, which I don't necessarily think we want to spoil, but it is a star studded affair. So we've got our band members. So this is probably a fun place to start. Bill Beretta, like I mentioned before, who's one of the creators of the series and a longtime Muppet, uh, Muppeteer, I suppose, <laughs> um, plays Dr. Teeth, who is sort of the lead, the leader. He's a singer and he plays keyboards. Um, Beretta also does the voice for David Cactus and Gerald Teeth Jr. in this. And Dr. Teeth is inspired. So all of these members were uh, meant to come together to be a bit of your typical representation of a band in the 70s. That's the formula. And so each one is inspired a bit by a real-life person, a real-life musician. And so Dr. Teeth, he's inspired by Malcolm John Rebenack Jr., uh, also known as Dr. John, and he's a New Orleans blues musician, also does jazz, funk, R&B, that kind of thing. And so he's our, our sort of a lead member a guy who had 30 studio albums himself, so he would have been unimpressed by Dr. T. <laughs> yeah, not even the one. Uh, prolific, prolific musician. And then we've got Dave Goals doing the voice and the puppetry for Zoot. Now, Zoot plays the saxophone, and he is based on Gato Barbie, Barbieri, who's an Argentine jazz saxophonist. And uh, so he's a saxophonist in the band and Goals also does the voices for Jimmy Shoe and Waldorf as well in the TV series. The affectation with this show is that, is that it's set in the real world basically, but yes. it just happens to be some puppets in it. <laughs> 
it's all played very, very straight, which is um, it, it's all very done earnestly and everyone is just very deadpan about the fact, yes, that this is a Muppet, not a real person. Uh, and then we move on to the beloved and probably most popular member or most well-known member, let's say. We've got Eric Jacobson playing Animal also does the voice for baby animal in this. So he's our drummer, such a character. And of course, based on Keith Moon from The Who, uh, which is, I think animal is probably my favorite. <laughs> you know, I've seen interviews with Dr. T from the Electric Mayhem because they, you know, they don't break character. And they asked animal about the Keith Moon inspiration. And he just said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, animal style, not moon. <laughs> so good. Uh, and then we also have Janice, who is voiced by uh, and puppeted by David Rudman. So Janice is guitarist and singer as well. And no surprise, I've not really done very much concealment here based on Janice Joplin uh, influences that Muppet character. I think Gwyneth Paltrow channels her whenever she's doing any of her goop stuff because <laughs> she's, you know, she's uh, totally there and for sure and the whole thing and she's organic and med- med- meditative. She does yoga and mm-hmm. she has candles and crystals. And I love the way the face of the puppet has no actual eyes. They're just these enormous 70s eyelashes. <laughs> Very chill, yeah, and very chilled out, kind of yeah. low, low lidded. Um, <laughs> so that's Janice, uh, and then we've got uh, Matt Vogel as Floyd Pepper, and also plays young Floyd. Uh, he's the bassist, and he is based on a Sergeant Pepper era John Lennon. Mm. So in both name, yes, and general demeanor. So that's uh, our bassist in the band. And then we also have Lips, who was a later addition to the band, played by Peter Lintz. Lips is a trumpeter and Lips is uh, joined the band in the fifth season of The Muppet Show and inspired by Louis Armstrong. But he also cannot be understood. <laughs> no. So and I think there's there's some reasons for that where um, – they were a bit uncomfortable about trying to do a bit of an Armstrong impersonation considering the puppeteer was a white man. So I think there's a, a bit of interesting like how they've tried to shape that character while staying within the lines of what's appropriate. Um, so that sort of ended up with Lips being a more, yes, a more closed-lipped character. He actually sounds like the character in Blazing Saddles who could speak authentic frontier gibberish. <laughs> I think to round out our discussion of the Muppet characters, let's have a quick track from the inspiration for Dr. Teeth, Right Place, Wrong Time. So that's our core band. We've got um, our, our Electric Mayhem. And then we've also got sort of our, um, our straight woman, I guess, our person who's thrown into this situation just trying to make her best of it. And uh, that's Nora, who's played by Lily Singh. So she's a determined music exec who really wants to get this album done, wants to work with the mayhem. She's They've won her over. Uh, and Lily Singh, uh, she's a comedian, actress, and internet personality. So she did originate on YouTube. She's a YouTuber and influencer. Ah, and, ah for sure. Yes. That totally makes sense. <laughs> so she is probably totally new and unfamiliar to a large 
amount of people, but very, very, very well known by a probably similarly large group of people. Yeah. Uh, she's been around um, in that space since 2010. And since that time, she's when she started her channel way back then, she's earned millions um, with her YouTube. She's released a book. She's directed a documentary about her world tour. And she did also write and produce and host a late night talk show called A Little Late with Lily Singh. So she's a businesswoman and quite prolific in the different projects she's churning out. And so, yeah, and she's popped up here with this Muppets acting gig. And therefore we must have a a satire of her influencer YouTube personality in in her notional sister in the show. Yes, yes. So I think there's probably definitely some winks and nods there. So we do also have um, her sister played by Sarah Chaudhry uh, and playing a character of Hannah Singh. Uh, There's a couple of other characters in there. We've got Taj Maori playing a character called Moog um, and then a variety of different characters that pop up in the record company adjacent to that, that that, that kind of pop in and out of the story as well. But we're really centred on this main, our Muppet band and the adventures of trying to get this album made. We mentioned a few other sort of band shows. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm also thinking now we're in that we're in a more modern era. So you've got Flight of the Concords and mm-hmm. Garfunkel and Oates. And I, I, swear I, I swear I saw those in the trailer somewhere. But, um, you know, but that was just me. Maybe I'd been hanging out with the people who live in the basement too long (laughs) in the show. I've seen five episodes of this, by the way, five of the ten. So Mm, mm. I feel like I've got a good handle on where where they've gone. Uh, And I think we will have another track now. Be something from the actual band. And it is a uh, a medley, uh, but it also incorporates the, the main title for the show, and it's the Muppets Mayhem Medley, and again, it's by Mick Giacchino. Why is he calling himself Mick Giacchino here? So it is not Michael Giacchino, because I'm pretty oh. sure I saw in the credits it's got Mick Giacchino, and then under it said something like music producer or, comp- or like something Michael Giacchino. We're going to have to investigate this. I think so. There's <laughs> something going on in the Giacchino family. Yeah, Very yeah. musical. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the Muppets Mayhem medley from the Muppets Mayhem original soundtrack album. So, spoiler, they did actually get a studio album done. <laughs> I'm Terry Pratchett, the undeservedly famous author of the Discworld novels, so you can believe me when I say that Zero G on 3 R is the finest science fiction and fantasy show this side of the black stump. I also think Dibbler's delicious pork sausages are the finest eating anywhere anywhere in the world, so you know you can trust me on this. Ha 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 with three exclamation marks. <laughs> and that was the Muppets medley from or well, the Mayhem medley from the Muppets Mayhem television show, the soundtrack <laughs> album by Mick Giacchino, who is not yes. He's not Michael Giacchino, <laughs> who we've been talking about for years on Zero G in relation to genre music. Yes, and rightly so, because Michael Giacchino, fabulous composer. And to be fair, Mick Giacchino is also a Michael Giacchino, but he is Michael Giacchino Jr. He is the son of the Michael Giacchino that we know and love. 
are known as Mick as well professionally, and he's done compositions for Zootopia, this TV series, The Muppets Mayhem, and quite a few other TV series that I'm not as familiar with. He worked on something called That Dirty Black Bag, something else called Over There, and then a range of shorts, I think. So I think he's been really trying to earn his chops as a composer in his own right, Probably no doubt helped a little bit by some some of Dad's connections, but does a really lovely job on the Muppets score uh, for Muppets Mayhem. Yeah, you heard that throughout that medley, you got this definite sense of across generational musical palette that they had, but also it's heavily influenced by the 60s and the 70s. You know, yeah. there's a lot of psychedelica going on there, and you had that. It sounded like uh, almost like a Hammond or- organ in the background there, but who knows? It could have been a Yamaha or something like that. Anyway, uh, we'll go on with our look at The Muppets Mayhem, which is on Disney+. Mm-hmm. Plus. Ten episodes, I think, all, all dropped. Uh, yes. I've seen about five of them, and it's been an interesting little ride in their Technicolor van. They have a, a, a combi van, kind of like the the mystery machine that the Scoobies ride around in, <laughs> highly, highly decorated. And it's essentially the, the plot we've pretty much given you it before. They owe a studio album to a record company, which is going out of business, but the 2IC there wants to make her mark in the music industry because she loves it. Her name is Nora. And she has decided that she's going to take up the contract that she found while she was shredding, shredding documents. <laughs> <laughs> so she chases them down and thereby hangs the, the tail. And a, yeah. and a literal cliffhanger of a tail it is too, as we see in at least one episode. Look, it's like trying to herd cats. <laughs> yes, yes, little Muppet cats. <laughs> yeah, she's constantly exasperated and <laughs> pretty much under the pump from the entire band. They've, yeah. When they're not causing mayhem, they're so laid back that, you know, basically you could do a limbo dance over the top of them and not touch any noses. (laughs) In this lovable way, though, like I think it's the – like, you know, there's nothing new here. Like you said, the plot's pretty straight up and down. We've got, you know, chaotic characters that are somehow still lovable, win over everybody, and then someone who just really wants to prove themselves and is determined to, like, get this done and – and it's all very earnest and it's it's all very sweet and predictable, but that formula is delivered on, I think, uh, and it's not trying to do anything more anyway. If you want to go a little bit deeper, you've got – it's about it's about family, whether it be birth family, yes, about family, that birth family between, you know, uh, Nora and her sister yeah. or uh, a created family, in this case, the band. You know, yeah. so it's all about how that sort of slots together, and there's loyalty issues, and yeah. and you know because it's a, it's a it's a band pick. Basically, they're going to break up a bit and come back together, and that's the whole joy of why people love band dynamics is the relationships, the tension, the mm. this and that. Yeah, yeah, and there's also a bit of interplay because they they, they can't quite get their heads around their little muppety heads around. 21st century music industry practices. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's a bit fish out of water as well. Like this is also the vibe we're going for, like a fish out of water energy. You know, it's this cool dude, 70s band. They're just, you know, they've been touring uh, for years and years and then now they have to knuckle down and be part of the system, you know, become a cog in the machine, churn out the album, mm. and and that's another tension. Yeah. So, you know, the idea of the story I actually think is a good idea and it, and it rolls along quite well as a, as a plot device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do sort of revisit, go on little cycles throughout the thing, like a, like the windmills of the mind running fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from The Muppet Show. It ended up with the character singing with, as the song played, running really, really fast and then exploding because it was just overwrought, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, there's some things like, points I want to make about this show. All right. the mm. I don't think there's quite as much anarchy as perhaps there should be. <laughs> Yeah, you think it should be more chaotic, more mayhem. Yes. Occasionally they, they hit their straps with some surreal randomness, like they're driving along in the van, an animal who's quite taken with Nora is presenting her with gifts as they're driving along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and suddenly up a peacock pops up in front of her. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Birdie, you know, and it goes, Rah! it's like that's the kind of anarchy I wanted to see more of in the show so there is that and i'm not look i'm not going to ride any boat here of saying it's a disney-fied version of the muppets because they've kind of come to terms with all of that and you know it's what it is and when you consider how many really truly strange movies and stuff there are on disney plus that you would never ever expect to be there and yet there they are you know Mm -hmm. and they quite cheerfully gathered up the, the punisher series for example (laughs) <laughs> that's about as extreme as you can get for television. Anyway, uh, along the lines of, of that kind of thing, I love the the callbacks to the 70s. The kaleidoscopic opening title sequence is really cool. Oh, it's so good. Little The little opening ditty as well goes so well with it. And there are lots of good lines in this. Like at one stage uh, somebody says, bold-faced lies are the backbone of the entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, never a true word spoken. <laughs> and there's a fine little joke about, what they can afford to sing as they're going on their road trips in the van, you know, because of broadcast royalties. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, you could do jingle bells and other public domain songs. There's a little bit of meta stuff, like, yeah, there's, there's, they sort of throw out some things. It's it's self-aware, but I do think they could have ta- pushed taken a little bit further, but um, there's only just little hints of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, there's some surprising cameos in there that tie into very meta stuff. Like there's a – how far do I go with this? Oh, well, look, basically there is a, a crossover with a very, very dark puppet show. Um, oh. And you blink and you'll miss it, but it's there in uh, – I'm not sure which episode it is, but, you know, towards the, the second half of the – of the series, so keep an eye out for that one. And I, I, if you've seen the uh, the property that that one is based upon, and I have, you'll go, "Oh my god, that means that the Muppets exist in this same universe." Okay, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, this other one was actually kind of an homage and a rip off and a parody. <laughs> all oh those, gosh, all okay. those good things of the Muppets. So it's an enormously matter that it's actually appeared in there. Other came- cameos, like, they're actually delightful. You, and you spot the actor and you go, oh. There you are. There you are. Yeah. And, and, oh, that's very funny that they've included in that, that that character in there. A lot of the music industry ones actually go over my head. 
you know. I, right, yeah, and, okay. And unlike Drax, I just can't catch them. They just go right over my head. <laughs> but, you know, there's some, I, I saw some actors from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And also uh, the guy who's the PR guy, the media guy in uh, Space Force. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ben Schwartz. Um, yeah. He plays a, I think it was a, um, uh, an employment uh, agent mm-hmm. trying to find mm-hmm. jobs for one of the, the characters. Probably the most unlikely character that you would expect to be able to find another job, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So look, there's, there's a lot of stuff in this that I enjoyed. I, I was chuckling a lot of the way through it uh, and singing along to the songs too. <laughs> it's pretty light, easy fare. Like I think, it, you know, the Goodwill, the Muppets have kind of been rolling along gathering for many years. Um, obviously helps with something like this, but I do think it's pitched just right. I found it to be pretty easy. I haven't watched very much of it, just a couple of the episodes, but I found it pretty easy they go quickly they run you know you finish one before you know it and it's it's very palatable very palatable I wouldn't say it's particularly challenging or memorable but I do think that in the moment quite enjoyable well remember the the haunted house special that they had oh yeah I I saw that we did review that so there you go. That's memorable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, actually, the, but, Dr. Teeth did uh, a song in that too. Oh, okay. Yeah, and nice. it was Dancing in the Moonlight. <laughs> so. Love it. I do also think there's something for, I don't know, the puppetry element. There's just something so delightful, like you said, about about that, that you're having this scene about what could easily be a scene with uh, human characters. And yet, where there's puppets there, I don't know. There's just something still so charming about yeah. it. Yeah, there is a, a not a problem with this, but they seem to be filming it in an odd fashion, like interiors. They're inside the 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 shack, which is where the the band's yes. been put up, uh, or in the record office or other locations. Mm-hmm. And I swear, it looks like they're filming it against the volume or something mm. similar to that. And there's like a little bit of a, and they're pretty they're pretty expert with it. You'll get the background will fade a little bit, so you know bringing the foreground okay. focus, and that's okay. But every now and then they're both they're both sharp, and you can tell that they're. And I understand why they why they feel like they have to do that because you've got the puppets or the muppets on set, and they're operated from below. Mm. So you know you've got to have a whole elaborate uh, structure understructure there for them to get yeah, around to with. Yeah, yeah. And usually it's quite an expensive process when they have to set all that up. Like when they're yeah. doing their movies, like Labyrinth or Dark Crystal or uh, DC Age of Resistance, which yeah. which sounds like a Marvel title, but it does. I know. you <laughs> I shouldn't have said that the way I did. <laughs> but anyway, and, and I found that a little bit off putting once I started to notice it. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, you know, look, it's it's amiable, it's fun, and it's got some great songs. And yeah. we'll have two tracks here, I think, in tandem. And you can't play anything by Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem without say say putting in the song Can You Picture That, which of course has appeared before in yes. one of the various Muppet movies. Mm-hmm. And also Bridge Over Troubled Water, which actually got me crying when I heard it. It's like, Lovely. oh, yeah. so good. So we'll just double up on these two tracks. Can you picture that? And Bridge Over Troubled Water, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem from the Muppets Mayhem original soundtrack album. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is Annie Lee. And I'm Morn Kransky of the Kransky Sisters. And you're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple R FM. Lock up your meat safe and beware of the machine with the claw. Ah, closing out that bracket <laughs> with Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem from the Muppets Mayhem television series. Disney Plus 10 episodes have dropped. I've seen about five. I'm quite impressed with the whole Muppet aspect of it. I was a little bit worried that it mightn't be chus, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's used to say, mm-hmm. but it was, it was okay. It's very amiable and watchable. I think it's a little bit vanilla from mm. where it could be. It lacks some of the edge. But, you know, it might also be that my memories of the original puppet show. Well, I think that was they were a little more risque maybe back then. Or they were trying to really push that envelope. But maybe they just, like they said, they want to really cement something here and try and get a Muppet verse going. So maybe mm. they tried to play it a bit safe. Mm. Well, I enjoyed it anyway, and I'll continue to watch it because I'm me. And by the way, if you ever wondered how they managed to play musical instruments with the the, the puppets, they're actually using real mu- musicians to do the musical part of it, you know, putting it in afterwards or, or dubbing over it or at the same time because how are you going to know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you I know, mean, they do that with real actors too. <laughs> but uh, Jack Parnell's orchestra doing a lot of the music in The Muppet Show, that sort of thing. So their their players were actually doubling in for the, for the actual instrumentalists there. Ah, secrets behind the scenes or below the scenes in the case of the Muppets. You notice they did some full body stuff there. Occasionally you'd see their, their legs. <laughs> yeah. That's just the craft. <laughs> All right. So we are moving on to Eurovision here. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of year. We're over in Liverpool this time and mm-hmm. standing in for the Ukraine, who were the winners last year. Look, mm-hmm. I must admit I'm totally unconcerned about the winners and the losers and all that sort of stuff. I'm only there to see what the genre is. In fact, I couldn't even tell you who actually won this one. Mm. It's about the spectacle and the genre of it all. Yeah, for me at least. So I've scanned last week's Eurovision 2023 entries with Zero G's Mm -hmm. Mark 1 genre groove giant eyeball and, as usual, found lots of genre goodness. Uh, Let's see, 37 songs in all. I actually Mm -hmm. have no idea how they do all this semi-final and final business (laughs) <laughs> as Graham Norton would say, it must be Paris. Something about that. All right, so, you know, like, like elements of, of history and fantasy and science fiction and horror within yeah. the different songs. I had a, a survey of them as I went along. Um, from Armenia, we had Brunette with Future Lover, with giant rocket engine-like bells and a costume that was crossed between a a gimp suit and some kind of futuristic spacesuit harness. She looked Crikey. a little bit fifth element, fifth elementy. <laughs> uh, Australia had a, an entry in this in the weird way that we do, thanks to SPS. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, a group called Voyager from Perth. Well, there's a Star Trek <laughs> riff if ever there was one. And they bought a car on stage too, which is very, very Australian and had a song called Promise, which was very good, but really had nothing to do with genre, but I just thought I'd mention it anyway because <laughs> I actually quite liked it. Uh, Austria, uh, Taya and uh, Sayella, 
they had a song called Who the Hell is Edgar Allan Poe? And if you, well, who the hell is Edgar? And it turned out to be Edgar Allan Poe because gotcha. you could see uh, writing on a, a glass door. And I think it looked like it was done in lipstick or something, but that was, I thought, yeah, little shout out there to the maestro of mystery. Uh, Croatia had a group called Let's Three, and the song was called Ma S3, and it was all rockets and uniforms and and Mm -hmm. references to partially felt like the living history that we're going through in Europe at the moment where you've actually got two countries at war in Europe. Mm, I mean, you know, that is just... um, so many things that I don't have time to talk about here, but you know, I thought that their staging and their costuming was inventive and surreal, and I enjoyed that very much as a genre. Uh, there's so many other ones there. Shakespeare uh, uh, had uh, Vesna's My Sister's Crown, a little bit Jacques Tati via Metropolis and Modern Times. Uh, WrestleMania with Cha 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 from Finland. <laughs> I think uh, the French entry, uh, Lazara had the coolest costume with big shoulders and a beret and she looked like some sort of character out of a World War II um, torch song performance. Uh, Georgia had just lots of wafty drapery and dresses. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Germany had Lord of the Lost with blood and glitter. <laughs> we had a song about unicorns more or less from Israel and no Eurovision would be complete without a pagan song from Moldova. But the one I've chosen to go out with today on the show is Alessandra's one from Norway, Queen of the Kings, uh, which for me pips uh, Luke Black's transformer or game-like sort of imagery from Serbia. But I will go with Queen of the Kings, which probably riffs off the fact that I really enjoyed uh, Gina Prince Bythewood's the Woman King movie, although we were actually in Norway, so it's like Vikings and everything. And she had a great costume and the dancers and all the whole thing. So that was my pick of the night, Queen of the Nice. Kings. We'll go out with that now. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Rob. Thank you to Alice Savage, our podcaster. We've got Triple R's own musical multicultural maestro and guru, G'day, this is Rob Jan. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website.